0: Hello, thank you so much for tuning in today. You're listening to West Side Ministry San Diego with me, Ginger Cancino. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this teaching. Today, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the tactics of Satan. We all know that Satan exists, we all know that he is evil, but we must understand his tactics. We must understand that when we're going through something, it's more than likely an attack from Satan. Now, yes, there are things that we can do in our lives to bring tribulation on ourselves. I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, if, if, if I eat, 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 and eat... And I get diabetes because my mama has diabetes. It runs in my family. But I eat all of this sweet stuff all the time. And I don't exercise. And I don't take care of myself. And all of a sudden I develop diabetes. Well, guess what? That's my fault. I put myself into that trial, that tribulation, because of what I was doing. Not anything that Satan was doing. It was my doing. But there are times when satan brings things on us warfare to try and separate us from god and that's what we're going to talk about today for a few minutes uh, ephesians six twelve for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places Then let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, I ask that you use me to touch the hearts of your true people today. I ask that I say exactly what you'd have me to say, Lord God. Holy Spirit, take control. Open our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure you've heard the saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. This saying isn't insisting that we make our enemies our friends. We aren't to hang out with them or invite them to our houses. This saying is telling us we are to study our enemy, we are to study our enemies. We are to learn who they are so we will know how to fight the spiritual warfare. It's like the game of chess when the game of chess is being played we must study the other players moves we must watch and anticipate their moves we must be one step ahead of our opponent if we want to win the game it is the same when we war against satan prayer is our powerful weapon to use against satan ephesians 6 10 tells us to put on the whole armor of god we are instructed to cover ourselves with this armor, and the only way to do that is through prayer and being in the Word of God. Knowing our enemy's tactics will weaken their attacks. The only way to weaken him is by renewing, by revealing his secrets. Sorry, I'm going to re say that again. The only way to weaken Satan is by revealing his secrets. When we are informed with this information, his attacks will not bring us down. The Bible tells us of Satan's tactics. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, Satan begins his plan of attacks on our lives. The first attack that he will do is on our minds. He will try to kidnap our minds and put it in bondage, what we think. He tries to control what we think. Satan will immediately begin to tell us we are not saved or that God would never forgive us for our past sins. He will try to convince us that we are a lost cause and that it doesn't matter how much we pray, God will not hear us. The way we combat these thoughts are with the word of God. Romans 12 two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. This scripture states if we renew our mind and be transformed by it, we will have discernment to know God's perfect will for our lives. If we know God's good and perfect will for our lives, then when Satan comes in to try and tell us that God can't use us or he doesn't have a plan for us, we know Satan is lying because we have knowledge of God's good and perfect will for our lives. God's word will not return to him void. First Corinthians two sixteen for for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him be we have the mind of Christ for us to have the mind of Christ we must be in the word of God. It's like growing crops when the, when a farmer begins to plant he must first till the ground. In this day and time farmers would take their tractors and tear up the ground they would prepare the soil for the seeds that are to be planted as we must prepare our hearts and minds through prayer pray prayer invites god to come in and prepare to prepare us to receive his word when we set, when we pray the holy spirit open our hearts and minds to the word that we are about to receive uh in the bible before we we read the word of god we should pray for understanding and for the holy spirit to open our hearts and minds after the farmer prepares the soul he will soil soul (laughs) God prepares the soul after the farmer prepares the soil he will begin to plant the seeds that he wishes to grow the Word of God is our seed that falls on our hearts and minds in the Bible we read the promises God gives us we also find out that the very heart of God through Jesus Christ As we read and study the Bible, it is easier to go through trials and tribulations because we know what God says and promises to us. After the seeds are planted by the farmer, they will put water on it and help the growing process. This water is an example of us being obedient in studying, studying the word of God. It is extremely important that we read the word daily and hide it in our hearts so that it is always with us psalms nineteen eleven says thy word have i hid in mine heart that i might not sin against thee a good scripture to pray psalms 119 18 says open my eyes that i may see wonderful things from your law before you read the bible just pray psalms 119 verse 18 The Word of God is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will accomplish what God has sent it for. Getting the Word of God deep in our hearts will cause the attacks of Satan to be less lethal than what it would be if the Word isn't in our hearts. The second tactic of Satan is loneliness. Satan will try to separate us from everyone who would be for our benefit who would help to catapult us into the will of god who would draw us closer to christ he wants to separate us from people like that with loneliness at times depression sets in we'll lose interest in being around anyone or doing anything boy i know i've been there i have been there i have lost interest i have had to make myself pray or make myself read the word because I knew that I needed to do it, but I had no desire to do it. And I knew that it was an attack from Satan because he wants us to stop everything that we're doing for God. He wants us to stop it all. And we cannot do that. We've got to keep going. We will lose interest in going to church and studying the Bible. Satan knows if he can isolate us. He can defeat us because we will not be arming ourselves with the word of God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm telling you, it is so vitally important to have brothers and sisters in Christ. I have some good godly Christian ladies that if I need to message or call to pray for me, they are there. I thank God so much that I have these ladies in my life. We need good godly brothers and sisters of Christ to come alongside of us and help us in hard times. The definition of loneliness is sadness because no one has because one has no friends or company. We are community people god made us to want to be a part of a community we can we i am an introvert some some and i'm an extrovert some there are some days that i can sit at home with my husband and just not you know not worry about getting uh going out or doing anything or being around anybody else and then there's some days when i am when i want to be around um Other sisters of Christ. I'm so thankful that our Bible study starts up again in in a couple of weeks. I have missed the ladies at church. um, And I've missed the Bible studies. And so it's just so important that we become part of the community of God. There were many people in the Bible that experienced loneliness. Job was someone who experienced loneliness. His friends and his wife turned their back on him when he was going through his trial. The most difficult trial that this man has ever went through in his life. And the people around him turned their back on him. Could you imagine that? He lost his children, his animals, and his health. He was so down and depressed and lonely that in Job 10, 18, he says... Wherefore then hast thou brought me out of the womb? Oh, that I had given up the ghost, no eye had seen me. That was the King James Version. This is another translation. Why then did you bring me out of the womb? Oh, that I had expired and no eye had seen me. He is saying he wished he had never been born. Never stepped foot out of the womb onto this earth. That's how lonely, depressed, downtrodden he felt. He wished he had never been born. He felt so defeated. He had no one on this earth to turn to, but he still had our Heavenly Father, who in the end gave him back more than he had lost. Leah was another lonely person. In Genesis 29, she was the first wife of Jacob. Her sister, Rachel, was the second wife. Leah always felt that her sister was loved more than she was, and she was right. Can you imagine the loneliness that she felt trying to compete with her sister for their husband's love and affection? Elijah 1 Kings chapter 17 was called to prophecy against Ahab, the king of Israel, and proclaim a drought to be sent by God. Of course, immediately afterward, Elijah had to flee for his life. He went into the wilderness where ravens brought down brought food to him. Then when the water dried up, God called him even further into exile, all the way to Zarebath. I know I did not pronounce that right. You can look it, in the, look, up, look it up in the Bible. Boy, if I could talk today, my tongue is wanting to move faster than my lips. <laughs> Eventually, he ended up in the home of a widow and her son. Elijah did the will of God, and yet he was still um, an outsider far from home others that experience loneliness is jeremiah king david jesus himself he was in the wilderness alone for 40 days in all of these instances god never left them and did and did bring them out of this despair hold on to god during these times can be hard but it's vital that we do so speaking to one another in love and confidence and holding each other up in prayer daniel prayed three times a day jesus left many times to be alone and to pray frequently prayer is so very important the fourth tactic and sometimes the hardest to detect is deception at times deception is difficult to see first peter 5 8 says be alert and of sober mind that your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour if you have ever heard a lion roar it is powerful and it can be heard up to five miles away according to the cleveland zoo society this roar will strike fear into the hearts of the animals that are in that area because they know that they could become prey for this huge beast that is hungry if you hear a lion's roar you know he's coming He announces himself in this manner. So when Satan presents himself in this way, we can see him coming with no surprise. For example, the Russian army sat at the border of Ukraine for almost two weeks before they invaded. This was no sneak attack. They brought their troops there and they and everyone knew they were going to invade. Russia was a roaring lion at that time. They saw it coming. But then Satan has another attack strategy that is not so recognizable. Matthew 7 verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravaging wolves. The Lord tells us to watch out for false prophets because they may not be obvious. They may have the appearance of genuine servants of God. Sheep's clothing, that's what the sheep's clothing represents, is the genuine servants of God, because we are his sheep. But they are servants of Satan. Their teaching and ways are destructive. They are like wolves, the natural enemies of sheep. Their fruit, their teaching, and their activities, which are a result of their teaching, will reveal... What they are and the disciples of Christ who have discernment will know what they are their their nature will be manifest in what they say and do and do not say in what they do and do not do if they continually bear bad fruit they cannot be good trees the warning to watch out for false prophets comes just after Jesus's Exhortation to enter the narrow way. False prophets will teach things contrary to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will present other ways and will try to keep people from entering the narrow way. Their end will be in accordance with their works. These people are hard to spot, but if we have the discernment of Christ, He will reveal them to us. Matthew 15 8 says these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So they may talk like a Christian, but they have no relationship with Christ. They don't know Christ. John 3 6 says those who live in Christ don't go on sinning. Those who go on sinning haven't seen or known Christ king james version says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit we cannot see people's hearts only god can do that so we cannot know if someone is being sincere or true to god or to us but we know that god can reveal these things to us if we ask him Luke 11, 39, And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward parts is full of ravian and wickedness. If someone cleans themselves up and puts a suit on and they come to church, they can act and talk like a Christian, but their hearts can be as dark as coal. And hatred can reign in their lives. If they never show that side to anyone, then no one would know it but God. Eventually, though, it would come out. If we are wicked and mean, it will eventually be seen. Luke 6.45 says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. By the time some of these wolves are figured out, there is a lot of discord and separation in churches. These wolves will spread rumors, talk bad about their pastors and others over them. This is how churches split up and close their doors. When there is no communication in the church, it is doomed to fail. That's why the Bible says Matthew 18 Verses 15-17, through if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church... Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Let's go over just that, that those two scriptures for just a second. When it says that we are to tell his faults alone between you and him, that means not to tell others until it is clear that reconciliation is impossible. Gossip is not the way to bring peace. The object is to win the brother back to fellowship, not to show everyone how bad he or she is. Where it says, but if he will not listen, take one or two more witnesses with you. This means to keep trying to get him to accept the truth. We don't want to just throw people out of the church to just throw people out of the church. We want people to listen And to turn back away from their sins and come back to Christ. And then where it says, if he refuses to listen, to tell, to uh, listens to them, tell it to the church. Now, of course, the church here means the local group of believers. Heathen means one who does not worship The one true God and tax collector here signifies one working for the enemies of his people. This verse means if a member of a local church will not repent of wrongdoing, he should be put out of fellowship. The idea is to bring him to repentance by losing that which should be great of great value to him. The fellowship of God's people. Now, if they are uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, they would not believe that losing fellowship with God's people is a great loss and they would just leave and probably go to another church and start all over again but we are to expose deception not sweep it under the rug we're to go to one another and say hey I heard from someone you said this about me we are to try and work things out with each other before we are to get others involved gossiping about it does not help satan has to lull the church to sleep and it and cause us to be passive or passive aggressive if we have sin that we don't address in our hearts it is like a cancer that will spread from one person to another and before long it's all through the church tearing the church apart How do we combat these tactics Satan throws at us? It's very simple. First, through Jesus Christ, he will let us know when attacks are on the way. He will give us discernment to help us not be led astray. When I go to bed at night, I always pray Jeremiah 33, Lord, show me great and mighty things that I do not know. And he will he has given me dreams about the attacks that Satan is planning to do on God's people on me personally on family he has given me many warning dreams so that I can pray there are times that I will have dreams about people that I went to high school with that I haven't seen in 30 years, and that's telling you my age right there. Um, I haven't seen them in 30 years. And he will put them in a dream of mine. And I know from listening to Perry Stone that when you dream of someone that, you know, I mean, whenever you have a dream about anyone, anyone that's in the dream with you, then you should um, pray for those people. But when um, I have a dream about someone, I when I wake up, I pray for them immediately. It's it's I've gotten into that that rhythm that I'm just going to pray for them. I don't know if they're going through something. I don't know if they are uh, getting you know going through something, getting ready to go through something. So I just I pray for them. And I had a dream one night of someone uh, from my high school that I hadn't seen this person in 30 years, and I dreamed that they had. Um, kidney issues, and that their kidneys weren't good. And this person looked very pale, very frail. But I knew who this person was, and I talked to them about God. Uh, and I woke up and I started praying for this person. Well, then I felt like I needed to look this person up, and so I did. I looked this person up, and on Facebook and come to find out their brother has needs a a kidney their brother needs a kidney uh he's going in he's in kidney failure he's in dialysis and he needs a kidney um so god sent me that dream of the person that i would recognize from high school uh but it's the brother that i need to pray for but i prayed for i'm praying for both of them because i don't know if they're if they need salvation if they found christ or if they haven't so of course i pray for their salvation but i also pray that the brother um, receives uh, the kidney transplant so that is how god works god will tell you things if you ask him to um, not for your glory not for my glory but for his glory His honor and His praise because He is the one. He is the one that I could not live without every day. He is the air that I breathe. He is the life that is within me. And I thank Him and praise Him so much for everything that He does for me in my life. And through me to touch others. So that they can see my Father through me. When we find a wolf in Sheep's Clothing we pray we don't let them close to us personally and we ask God to take care of that situation if it's something big then we can go to our pastor we can go to uh, a very trusted member of the church and confide in them, but we don't go gossip about anything we don't spread stuff around the church. The second way is through acts of love. The Bible says to love your enemy as yourself. If your enemy was on the side of the road because their car was stuck in the ditch, to love your enemy would be to help them get their car out of that ditch. You don't have to invite them to your house. You don't have to be friends. But you do have to show love and you do have to pray for them. So that is... Some of the tactics that Satan uses against us. We need discernment from God so that we see things ahead of time. And what he does for me, he will do for you if you ask him for discernment he'll give it to you james 1 5 says if you ask him for wisdom he'll give it to you there's no if ands or buts about it he will give these to you if you are his true child and you are doing your very best every day to get up and serve him he will give you these things to help you to not be deceived if you want to dream dreams you know in the last days the bible says that old men will dream dreams dream dreams young men will see visions if you want to have dreams, ask him to send you dreams that will tell you what the enemy enemy's plans are and what God's plans are. Pray Jeremiah 33:3, "The Lord, show me great and mighty things that I do not know about myself, about the world." Now so, now when you pray for him to show you something about yourself, you better be ready because he has revealed things to me. That I have had to repent over and let go, and He is helping me to do so. He changes us from glory to glory to glory. So when you pray it, and I encourage you to pray it because we all have things within us that need to be removed. We are not perfect. We'll never be perfect till we get to heaven, but we are to strive daily to be perfect in Christ. We are to strive daily to carry the character of Christ. We will fail but we must repent get up dust ourselves, and move on and he will take care of us so trust god in everything lean on him in every way and he will direct your path and he will take care of you thank you so much for listening and god bless